You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of this day, for the gift of your Son. And we ask now that you would help us to behold him, uh, to love him, and to believe in his name. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, Merry Christmas to you all. I'm so glad to be with you on this day. I'm so glad that we made it to this day in 2021. If you could please turn in your Bible or keep your bulletin open to that John chapter 1 reading. This is the passage that I'll be reflecting on this morning. And this passage was written by the Apostle John, and it's so rich and dense with theology, filled with wondrous truths and glorious realities. It forms the introduction to the rest of John's gospel. And so John here is highlighting some key ideas, some key thoughts that we need to know. So I want to focus on uh, three of those key ideas, ideas this morning. First, that Jesus is God who created all things. Second, that even though he created us, we have rejected him. And third, even though we have rejected him, he came to give us life. So John begins his gospel in the very beginning, at the creation of the heavens and the earth. Look at verses 1 through 5 again with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's no accident that the first three words of this gospel are the same three words at the beginning of the Bible, at the beginning of the book of Genesis. John is prompting us here to think back to that first chapter of Genesis where we read, in the beginning. But we read something different, don't we? We read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John says it a little bit differently to Genesis. He says, in the beginning was the word. Now this word was with God and in fact in the beginning the word was God. He goes on in great detail to explain that this word created everything, that there is nothing that is created that wasn't created by him. John is making a huge statement here. Later we'll learn that this word is none other than Jesus. And the reason that he's going into such death, using such strange language, being so obtuse, is because he's pointing out that Jesus is God. And he evokes Genesis chapter 1 to point out the fact that that very word that God used to create the world when he spoke, and God said, that was Jesus. But I think we can go even further than that, because what lays behind this word, word, is the same word that we get the, the term logic from. So John is saying that the very, at the very heart of the universe, the very fabric of the universe, it all centers on Jesus. He is the word, the logic, the glue that holds everything together. And this is particularly true for us human beings. John says that Jesus is the life and light of all humankind. It is in him and through him and by him 
that we live and move and have our being. We are sustained by his very word. We only have life in relationship to him. And so if Jesus really is God, then this has major implications for you and for me. As one biblical scholar writes, if Jesus Christ shares the nature of God, we are called to worship him without cessation, obey him without hesitation, love him without reservation, and serve him without interruption. To him be all glory forever. Well, this brings us to the problem of humanity that John highlights for us. Look at verses 9 through 11 with me. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Even though God is our light and life, and through him we have our very existence, because of the sin that dwells within us, or what John describes as darkness, we all rebel against God. Verse 10, again, the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. And verse 11, he came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. These, these are damning statements. They expose us, they condemn us. They describe the essence of sin, turning away from God, rejecting him, not receiving him. And this is not just something that Adam and Eve did in the garden. It's not just what those revolting people do, those people who deserve coal in their stockings. This is a condition that affects us all. The Bible says that we are all deserving of coal because we've all rejected God in some way, establishing ourselves as the light of the world, selfishly trying to shine as brightly as we can so that we might make a name for ourselves. And this rejection of God, this illumination of ourselves, only leads to darkness. It must and can only lead to darkness, for Jesus is our light, and yet we have turned him off. We've turned the light off. We've rejected the light as we prefer to live in darkness. And though it might not seem like it, our sin is very deadly to us. It, do, it can and does only lead to destruction. It, it tears down. It causes obliteration and chaos, the very rejection of life. We see this so clearly in the life of Jesus. The very one who created us, we rejected, throwing him out of the city, putting him on a cross to shamefully die like a common criminal. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. But it's in this bleak midwinter tale that the wonder of Christmas breaks through for us. We hear the glorious news that God comes to us even though we have rejected him. For the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Look at verses 12 through 14 again with me. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It is here that we hear the good news of great joy. For how does, one, uh, how does God sorry, respond to our rejection of him? How does he respond? Not with violence, not with terror, not with judgment, nor destruction. 
He doesn't overreact. He doesn't get angry. He responds with an overwhelming display, the greatest display ever seen of his grace and mercy. In love, rather than hate, he sends his one and only son to reconcile us back to him. See, God doesn't give up on you, even if you have given up on him. But his love overcomes our weakness. And rather than moving away from us, he moves towards us in one-way love. And this is one thing that makes Christianity so unique. We worship the God who condescends to us. And when I say condescension, when I use that term, I don't mean it judgmentally as you might use it for someone saying, you know, that person is so condescending. They treat me like I'm a child. Now what I mean is that God who made the heavens and the earth came down from his throne and dwelt among us, condescended down to our level. The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, he comes down to us. He comes down to our level to live with us, to dwell with us. And this is the glory and splendor of Christmas. It's why we celebrate the birth of this particular baby, born thousands of years ago to unwed parents in the small town of Bethlehem. Because this baby is none other than God himself, the one who was there before the beginning of time, who has now willingly bound himself by time and swaddling cloths, not created, but God enfleshed. The prophets in the Old Testament looked forward to this day with eager expectation. Ezekiel foretold of it in Ezekiel 37:27. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God and they will be my people. But his coming alone wasn't the goal or the end or the telos, as they say, to which he came. Jesus, Jesus himself tells us that he came to die that our sins might be forgiven and that we might have life in him. See, it was for us and for our salvation that he came down from heaven. As Paul writes to the church in Corinth, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Brothers and sisters in Christ, today is a day of feasting, to eat, drink, and be merry. For today we celebrate the day that our Savior has come, the day when heaven came down to earth, when God himself dwelt among us, for we have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And as we celebrate this day, we're reminded of the cross on which our Savior died so that we might have life and the forgiveness of our sins. And we look forward with even greater joy and eager expectation for the day when Jesus will return and complete the work that he has already, already begun. For now we know in part, but then we shall know fully. But for, day, but for today, after you've feasted and you've feasted on all the yellow food that your heart desires, you can you have a rest and begin to recover from time spent with family and friends, I pray that you might reflect on the abundance of blessings that God has given you this day and that these blessings would lead you to glory, to praise and to worship the greatest blessing of all, the God-man who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me pray for us. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we do again thank you for the great gift of your Son, 
that you would send your one and only son to be with us, to dwell with us, to live with us, and to die for us, that we might be reconciled back to you. Father, today, fill us with joy as we celebrate his birth and remind us of your love through him. All this we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.